friends, welcome to the Link Fitness Show. I'm your host, Marissa Deshong, aka Link, and I'm here to motivate and educate on all things fitness, nutrition, and mindset to help you create an energized and healthy lifestyle. Let's dive in. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Link Fitness Show. I am so happy you are here. And if you are stuck on what exercises to do, how many sets and reps, um, what about cardio? If you have all of the questions when it comes to workout programs, I am here to give you the juicy sauce. All right. I don't know what juicy sauce is, but we're going with it. Okay. Okay. So really, I, I want to share this because I've gotten a number of questions on programming and I just want to help you work smarter and not harder. You know, you can have the results without killing yourself in the gym. You don't have to walk out of every workout saying it wasn't effective if you weren't, you know, a sweaty, disgusting mess with your muscles shaking. You don't need all that, okay? It's probably going to lead to a very quick burnout. Um, So it's time to work smarter, not harder. All right? All right. So whenever possible, you want to structure your workout so you're performing the most difficult exercises first. You do not want to go in and exhaust yourself by doing the isolation exercises so You always want to start with an exercise that's going to demand the most energy first, okay? So with that being said, I get it. It can be hard sometimes when you walk into a gym and it's packed. You go into a Planet Fitness and all the Smith machines are taken and the dumbbell section is loaded with a bunch of lunk bro guys, which I ain't talking shit. I am not going to lie. I've been a a gym bro at one point, Um, but... It is hard when you have a very, very busy gym, but there are ways to work around that. And being flexible with your workout program, in my opinion, is very, very important. So you absolutely want to have structure, but you also don't want to sit in the gym for 30 minutes waiting for the Smith machine to open up. How can you vary your workout? So a quick little example before we dive into like the the structure of a program, I would say if you're starting with a uh, bench press, right? And if, if you're in a Planet Fitness, you're probably using the Smith machine. They don't normally have regular uh, racks for that. But so if you're waiting for the Smith machine to open up and it doesn't look like it's going to be opening up anytime soon, instead of waiting for that Smith machine and wasting time or bouncing to an isolation exercise, move over to another open area you can swap that out for, you know, a machine chest press with a heavy load or dumbbell bench press with a heavy load. It doesn't have to specifically be that thing. This is at least how I structure my workouts with my clients. Um, I let them have the flexibility of if, you know, the cable machine's not available, can you do dumbbells instead? If uh, Smith machine isn't open, can you do dumbbells or a machine instead? Like that kind of stuff to be flexible, still get in, get out, get an effective workout and go home. Okay, so first things first, making sure that you are going in with the mindset of I'm going to target the exercises that are going to demand the most energy first. You don't want to exhaust yourself doing, you know, single arm dumbbell row if you want to start with pull-ups, right? So by the time I always think of like, you know, hip thrust, for example, I do not want to do hip thrust, heavy hip thrust after I've already done single leg deadlifts and, you know, some frog pumps or something like that. Like I, that's just not going to happen. Okay. I would much rather hip thrust heavy ass weight first 
when my tank is full, get the most out of that exercise, and then move on to the isolation exercises that aren't going to demand as much energy. Okay. I am not going to be doing like the other day I did hip thrust. Oh, what was it? I don't know. It was over 200 pounds. I know that. So it was heavy weight, right? It was heavy. I am not going to hip thrust over 200 pounds after doing frog pumps and single leg deadlifts and uh, cable pull throughs. Like that's just not, that's not going to happen, right? It's just, no, that's a no. So whenever possible, start with your heaviest, your most demanding exercises first. And basically the way you want to structure your workout, you want it to look a little something like this. So you're going to start with a warm up. Your warm up can be, you know, five to 10 minutes in length. It doesn't have to be anything fancy, but I always recommend like five minute walk or like light on the bike, something like that to just really get the blood flowing a little bit. Then you want to hop off and you want to do some dynamic warm ups, high knees, uh, leg swings, just basically a total body stretch is what you're looking for here. So even if you're there for leg day, you still want to stretch your arms, get your body uh, kind of fully warmed up. I recommend a full body warm up because then it's one, it's every single day you're stretching and stretching is really, really good for you. So each day you're focusing on that mobility, even if you're not necessarily lifting upper body, you're still stretching upper body for your leg day. And I mean, think about it too. If I'm doing, you know, deadlifts on my leg day, I want to make sure my upper body is warm because I'm going to be holding that bar with my upper body, right? Like my upper body is going to be gripping and my lats are going to be set back when I'm doing my deadlifts. So that's something to kind of take into consideration as well. And, you know, if you're doing a bench press and you're driving through your heels on the floor to steady you and give you that extra push, you don't want to be cramping in your legs. So focus on a warm up that's going to have five to 10 minutes of walking or elliptical or bike, you know, something to get the blood flowing and then go into some full body stretching from there. Next, you want to go to your compound lifts. These are going to be the exercises that require the most energy. Okay. Squats, deadlifts, bench press, uh, shoulder press, all of the things that are going to hit multiple different muscle groups. So if you look at a compound lift versus an isolation lift, compound lifts, again, multiple muscle groups, isolation, single muscle groups. Okay. Yes, there are going to be some assisters. I call them assisters, um, assistants in the exercises that require isolation, but not always. Okay. So if you're doing a squat, you're targeting your glutes, your hamstrings, your quads, your back, all of that stuff is being incorporated. Bench press, you're hitting shoulders, chest, triceps, core. Whereas an isolation exercise, like a leg extension, you're hitting your quads. That's pretty much it. You know, you'll get a little bit of the the hip flexors or something like that mixed in depending on how you're doing them, but you're going to be hitting solely your quads. Okay. That's the primary focus. So when you're doing your compound lift, that's going to be the exercise that require the most energy. You're going to do those first, really work through those. Then from there, you're going to move on to your isolation exercises. Okay. Bicep curl, leg extension, that kind of stuff where if you're thinking, uh, back and biceps day, for example, you don't want to start your back and biceps day with bicep curls. You want to start with something like pull-ups or lat pull-downs or, you know, a heavy barbell row. 
something that is really going to be taxing on the body versus bicep curls. And I'm not saying bicep curls can't be challenging, but you'd prefer to start with something much bigger like pull-ups, lat pull-downs, that kind of stuff, because they are definitely going to require more energy than a bicep curl. Plus, you're hitting multiple muscle groups with those exercises versus a bicep curl. You're really just hitting your biceps. Okay. So warm-up, compound lifts, isolation exercises. And then if you are doing cardio, which I recommend at least doing twice a week just for, you know, health benefits. Um, but then you would move into your cardio. With that being said, there is one exception to this. And that's if your goal is to increase endurance or if you're like training specifically for a run in that case, and you want to do your cardio first, going back to that, what is going to require the most energy? What is my primary focus? And going back to that first. So if I'm training for a 5K and that's my primary focus is to run a 5K in a certain time frame, then that's my goal for that time period. That's what I'm going to prioritize. That's what I'm going to put most of my energy into. Okay, so that training for the cardio is going to be coming first versus what I'm doing now where it's kind of just an additional tool. I'm doing it for health benefits, that kind of stuff. Then I'm going to leave it last because I don't want most of my energy to go towards that. I want all of my energy to go into my lift. And then whatever is left will be used during my cardio session. From there, you're going to move into a cool down. So a cool down can look different person to person, whatever your needs are, whatever your goals are. Cool downs could look a little bit different, but pretty much what you're doing is, oh, I should say what I like to do is a walk, you know, a nice kind of gradual slowdown, light walk, uh, especially if I'm finishing up with cardio, then I definitely do some walking or a really, really low intensity of whatever cardio session that I was doing. And then from there, move into things like foam rolling, stretching, massage, that kind of stuff to really just bring the body back down, give it a chance to, okay, regroup, now walk to your car or wherever you are, if you're working out at home, walk back to your other room to get in the shower or whatever. Okay. So running back through that, you want to start with a warm up. Please do not skip your warm up. Two compound lifts, three isolation exercises, four, you're going to move into cardio. Unless of course you're doing that in the beginning, if you're training for something and five, a cool down. It's literally that simple. Okay. Really that simple. And the best advice I can give you is to remember bigger muscle groups come first and then smaller muscle groups. So if you're not sure of like compound lift versus isolation lift, just ask yourself, one, is this hitting like big muscle groups? Because if you're hitting a big muscle group, you're probably hitting a couple of them and you're probably hitting some other things as well. So for lat pulldowns, for example, you're hitting your back, which is a really big muscle group, but you're also hitting your biceps and your core. You know, there's a lot that goes into that where bicep curl, you're hitting your biceps. You see, so really think bigger muscle groups first and then moving on to your smaller muscle groups. Or you have option number two, okay? Throwing in a little second option here and that is to hire a coach, someone that specializes in programming for your specific needs, okay? So I take a lot of my clients' lifestyle into consideration. So some things to look for if you are looking to hire someone to create you a program, coach you through everything, um, make sure that the individual is asking about your life and where you currently are. Like 
Nobody should be writing just a willy-nilly program for you without knowing more about your goals, your life. You know, even just a simple question of how many days a week do you think that you can work out consistently? Really, really important. That's like the number one question that I ask every new client is how many days per week can you commit to training? If that's three, great. If that's five, great. What do you want to do? How does it fit with your schedule? You know, because if I if I schedule you for six days a week, but you can only consistently get three to four, then you're not getting the most out of your programming. Okay. So take that into consideration as well when you're writing your own is how many days per week can you actually commit to every single week? Okay. And you can, you can dabble into a higher number or a lower number and see how that feels. Absolutely. But what can you commit to consistently long term? Okay. Um, but anyways, Make sure that if you are hiring someone to write a program for you that is going to consider what you have available to you, um, how many days per week can you consistently work out, what your goals are, where you currently are, what you've currently been doing, all of the things. So if you want to learn more about my one-on-one coaching program that has recently been revamped and made so much freaking better... You can click down below in the show notes, fill out the application. I'll shoot you an email to book a call and we will go over all of the details super quick and make sure it is the perfect fit for you. So if you loved this episode, if you have any other questions, if you need anything, you can just shoot me a message on Instagram. You can email me at linkfittraining at gmail.com. Whatever you need, I am happy to help. All right. Oh. And by the way, if you haven't already, make sure you rate and review the podcast because it would truly mean the absolute world to me. Please, please, please take 30 seconds, rate and review. I'm forever grateful. That is all I have for you today, friend. So I will catch you in the next episode. 